Well, welcome everyone to the eight. We are in part two of a brand new series here for Lent titled, Just Pray About It. Just Pray About It. We had a great first week at Life Group where we had great discussions about that saying. Like, why do we just say, okay, just pray about it? Or when a tragedy occurs, we say, you know, my, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And why that's just a common saying. And, and, and at least in my life group, it was such, it was very interesting to see, you know, everyone's response and why that's just such a passive saying that, that society says, that we say when we're talking to somebody that's in a struggle. We just say, well, you know, just pray about it. And some people actually are, are, are fed up of just hearing that phrase and maybe not understanding it or just tired of just hearing it and no action is put into place. Last week we talked about why is prayer even such a thing in the first place? Why is prayer e even exist? Like we say, okay, we should pray. Why? Like why does that even exist? Last week we looked at a great quote by a third century philosopher. And his name was St. Gregory. His name was St. Gregory. And, 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 and St. Gregory, a philosopher, he ended up becoming a theologian. He was saying that because of our brokenness, because of our selfishness as human beings, we lost our conscious awareness. He said this, we separated ourselves from God and lost our conscious awareness of him and our union with him. Because of our pride, because of our selfishness, just because I, I know what I'm doing, because of our brokenness as human beings, we separated ourselves from the divine. Humanity separated ourselves from divinity because of our brokenness. And in that brokenness, we lost our conscious awareness. Before we separated ourselves from God, we had full clarity, full intimacy, full communion, full union with God. But because of, of us abusing our free will, we separated ourselves. And because of that, we became just, just burdened and, and just our clarity of life and our clarity of our Heavenly Father got lost. St. Gregory continues, Sundered from that union, and estranged from God, the intellect has led captive everywhere. Let's face it. We are captive to worry, to anxiety, to stress. What's happening tomorrow? What's happening with the kids? We're captive. We're, we're, we're enslaved to just losing sleep, just continuously thinking 100 miles per hour because we lost our union and we lost our conscious awareness of who our Heavenly Father is. And it, the mind, cannot regain its stability unless it submits to God and is stilled by Him. I love the, the language that St. Gregory is using. Unless the mind submits to God and is stilled by Him, joyfully uniting with Him through unceasing and diligent prayer. If I ask you who wants to be stilled by God, of course, I mean, it's so attractive to sit there and say, I can be stilled by God. As we move on now in this series, I want to remind you of a handout that we have in the back. If you raise your hand, somebody will be able to give you a handout. Handouts are just is a, is a guide to kind of get you through uh, this talk and to help you in your life group discussion uh, for this coming week. Before we jump any further, I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this. And maybe I experienced this a little bit more in the ministry, but you have definitely experienced this. Where you are talking to someone, and they're telling you about, you know, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, this issue at work, this issue in life, this issue with their family member, whatever, and they're making a decision. 
about, and, and you clearly see this is a bad decision, but they cannot see it. They cannot see it. And you're trying to like, trying to understand, like, can you not see what you're doing is wrong? And they cannot see it. But you see it from your end. You're from outside the box looking in, and you can see that the, the decision they're making, the moves that they're making in life is, is hurting them, but they cannot see it. But you can see it from the outside. And you end up telling them, like, didn't you see that coming? Like, didn't you see that was coming? Weren't you aware of that? Didn't you see that? Because I saw that from a mile away. I'm sure you've been in that situation before. Today's focus for the next 20 minutes, I want us to talk about how you can see that in yourself before getting to a situation where you look back and say, how did I get myself in this situation? Of how you can have clarity of seeing a mistake from a mile away before you get there. So that way you don't end up falling into the trap and then say, how did I get myself into this? Why didn't I see this before? Every single one of us, every single one of us is entering a new stage of life, is in some type of transition in one stage of life going to the next. If it's either getting ready for a, a new semester of school, a new job, uh, parents, the kids are entering a new grade. So all of us are looking at some transition that's coming in next. One thing that, like, maybe we're aware of the next step that's going to happen, the next project at work, the next relationship, the kids are going to this grade. Maybe we're aware of what's coming up next. But it doesn't mean, doesn't mean we are prepared for what's next. But another way. There is no correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. There's no correlation between what's next and being prepared for what's next. We, like people that prepare for, for, for we've, we've seen great weddings. Many of us have, have experienced and attended a great wedding. Many of us have also seen not so great marriages. Just because we know it's coming doesn't mean we're prepared for what's coming. There is somebody that wrote a beautiful Jewish manuscript that's in the Jewish Bible that talked about this exact thing of knowing what's coming up in life, but maybe we're not prepared. His name was King Solomon, and he was actually the king after King David, who we spoke about in the last series. He was the king after King David around the year 700 B.C. Solomon was wise. Actually, his, the, the, what he desired the most is to be the wisest guy on planet Earth. He was wise, but his application of the wisdom maybe lacked. But he was wise, and he said this statement in the book of Proverbs. He says, the prudent. The prudent. What is the prudent? Maybe it sounds like a churchy word. Maybe we don't understand what that word is. It's not a word we come across that often. The prudent is someone who understands life is connected. The prudent understand that life is connected. The prudent understand that what's present right now, like life right now, will eventually become the past, will then manifest itself in the future. A prudent person, a wise person, understands that life is connected, and they understand that what occurs now will eventually reflect itself sometime down in the future. They understand that everything is connected. There's nothing just an isolated event. They understand the decisions that they make now will have some type of impact on them later on. They understand that everything is connected. 
They understand that the present will somehow show up in the future. Verse continues. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The prudent person sees danger coming. Oh, if I continue to, to if I continue to do this, if I continue to drink, if I continue to do this, this potentially could occur. The prudent see danger and take refuge. Take refuge. Actually, the imagery of, of, of this in Hebrew, the, the picture that's being painted, is a soldier that's in battle, one soldier leaving the crew, going to go see what is coming up on, on what's the opponent look like. What weapons do they have? How dangerous does it look? How many people they got? And then that per- person goes back and tells the rest of the army what is about to occur. He's able to assess what is about to happen. So King Solomon is saying, the prudent, the wise person sees danger, and he takes refuge. And he takes refuge. He has clarity of always looking and understanding that life is connected. And what I do now has an impact on what will occur later on. The verse continues. But the simple, but the simple, the ones who are just kind of living life passively, and even better, the simple, or some translations say the stupid, we'll go with the naive or the simple. The simple is the one that has one thing stuck in their mind, and doesn't matter what anyone says, this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm dating this person, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this decision, I'm going to whatever doesn't matter what people say around them. And they have a lens of something that psychologists call confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Where their ears are tuned, their eyes are focused on seeing things that confirm what they already believe or to confirm what they know to be true. Like they want a certain thing. The simple, the naive, the ignorant have confirmation bias, that they're looking and wanting to hear things that confirm what they already know that they believe to be true. The prudent, the wise see danger and take refuge. They're aware that life is connected. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. And this is where we see what people do this. They passively make decisions, only hear bias, and only hear things that only confirm their own bias. And they get to the point where you ask them, like, didn't you see that? Didn't you know, like, if you didn't study, this was what occurred? Didn't you know if you did this? Didn't you, like, didn't you, like, didn't you say that A, A, A plus B? Didn't you see that? Like, it, was, it wasn't that hard. Something I try to do, and I know you do this as well. You see mistakes in other people's lives, and you want to try to avoid it. Like, you see them make a bad decision, and you tell yourself, you know what, I don't want to fall into that. That same trap. I want to have better clarity of vision. Maybe they didn't see their mistake or they didn't see like it from a mile away, but I want to be more aware of it so I don't fall into that same trap. What I want to share is a prayer. I made it up. It's not like, it's not very elaborate. It's not very detailed. It's not a beautiful prayer. But something that I ask myself in order for me to be prudent, in order for me to have clarity, that I don't get myself in a situation where I look back and say, how did this happen to me? How did this happen to me as a father, as a husband? (laughs) When you have a child, that's not the time to to reassess the marriage. When when you are on the line of, like you've already crossed the line of of, of an affair, that's not the time to assess, you know, let's reevaluate our marriage. 
when that already occurred, it's too late. Of course, you can always come back. That's a different situation. That's a different topic for another time. But I want to be sensitive. I want to have clarity, a vision, my ears are tuned, to be aware of things now so I can be aware before that battle comes so I can set myself up for success. The prudent see danger and they take refuge. They protect themselves, but the simple keep going and they end up paying the penalty. What I want to share and our focus for this week and our life group and just in general, even if you're not in a life group, I want you. I want this to be a focus for us. This prayer. Prudent prayer. Heavenly Father, give me clarity to see trouble coming along before it even gets here. Give me clarity to see trouble coming along before it even gets here. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Heavenly Father, give me clarity to see trouble coming along before it gets here. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. And this prayer is, is in your handout for you to take. Give me the clarity to see trouble coming along before it even gets here. And give me the wisdom to know how to act on it. I want to be prudent. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Now is better than later. Now is better than later. Don't wait until you get to that situation where you're like, how did I get myself in this? Now is better than later because life is connected. Life is connected. Everything you do now, the prudent understand that what is occurring right now, which will eventually become the past, will manifest mess itself, itself in the future. Like people say, oh, you know, like the way I act or my, my, this habit, this addiction, my anger, all that's going to go away once I get married or once I find the right person. I, I hate to break it to you. It doesn't go away like on, on your wedding day. It's not something magical happens, all of a sudden it's, it's gone. The present, which will eventually become the future, will naturally manifest, manifest itself in the future. So dealing with things now is better than later. And now will make later better. Now will make later better. What I'm talking about is nothing new. What I'm talking about is something that has been said in, in, throughout Christianity for 2,000 years. And one of my favorite prayers is one man, is from one man I'm going sh- to share with you now, who desired to find union with God. He wanted to regain conscious awareness, as St. Gregory, the theologian, says. He wanted to regain clarity, wanted to regain conscious awareness, wanted to regain that intimate bond with God. And for him, he wanted to pursue that by being in seclusion, being in isolation, and wanting to practice an ascetic life. And the pioneer of asceticism, the pioneer of practicing conscious awareness, of one practicing union with God in that manner for the entire world, was an Egyptian Coptic man by the name of St. Gregory the Great. I'm sorry, St. Anthony the Great, I'm sorry. St. Anthony the Great. And he said this prayer. Every day I pray to myself, today I will begin. Every day I say to myself, today I will begin. Every day he would wake up and say, today is where I need to be aware that today is connected to tomorrow. And the habits and, and what I do now, the decisions I make now, will naturally show itself in the future. Today will reflect in the future. But today I will begin. I want clarity for today, to begin today. This is the spirit of the eight. This gathering that we have on Sunday. Why is it called the eight? Eight is a symbolic number of new beginning. Actually, the tagline for the eight is a place to renew and reset life. It's time for me to realize that I want to begin a new, fresh start today. This is the beginning of a new week. Jesus overcame death today and rose from the dead 
Today, I want to begin a new life and have clarity. I want to be prudent. I want to understand that, that I, I can't just keep on fooling myself and just hear confirmation bias to believe what I want to believe. I need to understand that everything is connected. Everything is connected. And the decisions that I make today will naturally impact and will, will naturally show itself in the future. Either me personally or in my, in my relationships, in my marriage, in my work, it will naturally show up in different places. It's not an isolated thing. The prudent take refuge. The simple continue living passive. The simple continue to live passive. The ancient church reminds us of this as well in a different way. In addition to ancient prayers, as St. Anthony the Great from the 4th century, every single time in any service that we have in the ancient faith, Anytime before we read the gospel, anytime we read a record of Jesus' life, we say, okay, let's not just jump into reading, the, the, reading Jesus' life and kind of just read the gospel. The church says, okay, pause. Let's just take 60 seconds and to remind ourselves that we're about to hear God talking to us. But let's make sure that our eyes are tuned, and uh, uh, that our eyes can see him, that our ears are tuned. But Lord, make sure that we don't just hear, make sure that we just kind of just hear the gospel, make sure we don't just look at a screen and look at text, make sure we don't just open our Bible and just read. But Lord, make us worthy to hear what you are about to tell us. And Lord, it's just, it's useless if we're just hearing it. Make us hear it and let us act on it. Why? Because you are the life of us all. You are the salvation of us all. You are the hope of us all. You are the healing of us all, and you are the resurrection of us all. Let us put this in our focus today, for this week, in our life group, even beyond. Lord, give me the wisdom, to give me the clarity to see danger way before it even gets here. And give me the wisdom and the courage to take steps to act on it, and not just be passive. Let us stand up for prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, every single one of us, including myself, want to hear the things that we want to hear. Listen to the things that just confirm whatever we believe in. We want to do our own thing. We either put up this wall by our, our, our anger or our, our whatever, and we block ourselves from others, and ultimately we block ourselves from you. Lord, just as St. Gregory said, that we desire to regain our conscious awareness of you, regain that clarity, regain that intimate bond with you. Lord, we want our prayers not just to be generic, and for us to talk with you in just a generic way. Just as you are personal, our prayers desire to be personal. For this week, Lord, help us focus as together, as a church family, for us to focus on, a, on praying a prudent prayer. Lord, help me to, to give me the clarity to see danger even when it's a mile away. And give me the, the courage to take action on it now. Because everything is connected. Through the prayers of all your saints, here's as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, today is your last day to sign up for a life group, everyone. If you're wanting to, uh, to, to, to have the discussion on what we talked about today, do sign up for a life group in the back.